0: Hi, my name is Blue, and I'm the host of this new podcast, The 21st Century Teacher, with Livid Earth. And my job is to ensure that our teachers and students get the most out of our programs. This new podcast series is just one of the ways I'm going to be supporting our community of educators with a monthly conversation with a special guest educator discussing a different aspect of 21st century teaching and learning. Hello, and today I'm talking with Claire Hewson. Claire is a school counselor and teacher. She has a Bachelor's of Education and a Master's of Counseling Psychology. She provides support services to students, parents, and school staff, and helps students build resilience and improve their social and emotional well-being. She also has worked at the local college as the Healthy Campus Coordinator, where she promoted and integrated health and wellness in day-to-day operations, practices services and educational programming so hi Claire thank you so much for taking the time today to answer some questions around health and wellness as a teacher and explain some deeper thoughts around stress and how to cope in schools Um, so let's dive in with question number one that I have which is what are the signs and symptoms of stress um, and what does it do to the mind and body
1: So stress is actually a normal reaction and everyone experiences it. It can, and it can actually have some really positive side effects. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot here and um, let's say tomorrow you have to do a podcast uh, or a presentation for 500 teachers um, about why podcasting is beneficial for educators and I want you to tell me what's going on through your body in your mind the night before the morning of.
0: Oh, that's good. Um, My mind would probably be jumping around just with all the different bits of information that I've got to remember. Yeah. So that's probably what's going on. I'm kind of busy in my head. I'm probably going to struggle sleeping a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And so Yeah, I'll probably have to try and stop drinking caffeine too late in the day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so sleep will probably be interrupted, busy in the head. And then, you know, sort of like in the pit of my stomach, I'd probably feel that slight bit of anxiety, not an uncomfortable thing for me to do Mm -hmm. a task like that. But I definitely would be very full. I would feel Mm -hmm. full.
1: Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning a pit in your stomach. Are there any other physical symptoms you'd experience probably right before or the morning of?
0: I guess just the anxiety piece really just feeling anxious and I wouldn't be able to settle very easily. I would just, I kind of feel like I'm buzzing in a way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's
0: the sort of energy that I would have.
1: Yeah. And so as unpleasant as those feelings are, they're actually really normal. And if we think about it from a biological standpoint, they're all really helpful. So the reason why there's a pit in your stomach is because your digestion is slowing down. Because digestion is really something secondary to this, so the stress that you're experiencing. So you're not actually going to be digesting your food. You're going to be, which which gives your body more energy to be aware of what's going on in that moment. And you mentioned the sleep, so you're going to be having stress hormones surging through your body: um, epinephrine, cortisol. Epinephrine is also known as adrenaline, and it kind of gives you that jittery, alert, awake feeling. And again, that's really good because it keeps you awake so that you can be alert, you can be thinking about your presentation, you're not going to be going in drowsy, even if you haven't slept, you're going to be all jittery. Um, And that's the reason why a student can stay up all night studying for an exam and not fall asleep, and why myself, who's on maternity leave, cannot stay up past nine o'clock. Um, other physical symptoms, uh, would maybe be your, I know you mentioned the anxiety could be your heart racing. And so your heart is beating faster so that there's more blood going into your body so that you're stronger. Um, your hands, this, I always find this one interesting. Sometimes people's hands get clammy or sweaty, and that's actually, uh, the biological pieces so that you have better grip for moving or grabbing onto things. Um, so it's actually really fascinating. And I think normalizing that re- reaction makes us say, okay, this is okay. Um, and so it's healthy when, let's say, after you're done your presentation, how, how would you feel after you're done your presentation?
0: Um, I immediately would feel more relaxed um, and just calmer. I would feel much calmer. I know that my mind would stop racing so much. Um, feeling more grounded and able to move on to another project. Sometimes it's hard for me to think about other projects if I have this one task um, that's sort of overtaking everything else.
1: And that's what's so great about myself as a teacher. I've um, run the capstones and so I know most of the audience are teachers but if you're doing elementary you don't know what a capstone is. Basically it's a final culminating project that grade 12 students do to graduate. It's uh, a passion project, which generally um, finishes with a presentation of their project. So there's so many nerves, there's so much stress and there's so many students that say, I don't wanna do it, I, I'll pre- present to one person. And I, I do push the students hard because that feeling afterwards of the relief and the sense of accomplishment is amazing. And I've even filmed the after and they're just buzzing and they're so excited. And so, you know, that stress sometimes Pushes, it can push you over the edge where you shut down, but when it's something short-term, I really encourage students um, to push through that stress, because that's the normal reaction, is um, feeling elated afterwards, not feeling those physical symptoms. And where it can be really damaging or dysfunctional is if those symptoms don't subside. So if a teacher is, let's say, stressed out about lesson planning, well you're lesson planning every single night so you're going to be stressed out every single night
0: yeah no it's really interesting to hear about this because of course we've had the pandemic and i'm wondering how that's affected the teachers mental health
1: so everyone obviously has been struggling with the pandemic and there's so many pieces that are challenging for people the sense of isolation the sense of loneliness Um, the inability to even just go to the grocery store and hug your friend and not feel, do the awkward dance of should we hug, should we not hug, Um, a sense of doom and gloom of what the future looks like, which I think is compounded with all the climate stuff that's happening right now. Um, But I think on top of that, a lot of people forget about teachers' sense of responsibility and safety they have over their students and Yes, we can't control what our students do when they're off time or what they're doing at soccer practice. Um, But we have this sense of responsibility in our classroom that we need to keep them safe. And I work at Mount Sentinel and I feel like our school is just this special little community of the valley and we're this family and we're super close. And so you have this feeling of guilt um and I know that some teachers even talk to me about what are the legal repercussions of let's say there's an outbreak in my classroom also um what I personally have found challenging is all the extracurricular things that I love so much I run the mountain bike team there I run the ski trip when we go to Revelstoke um the whole school goes to Silverwood at the end of the year and Yes, those are amazing activities for students' mental health and their enjoyment at the school. But for myself as a teacher, that's also one of my most loved things about being a teacher is getting to spend time in the outdoors with students, getting to see them outside of that regular classroom and giving them these opportunities that they might not normally have. And so um, if we're bringing it back to the nervous system, what often happens is that teachers are getting into this state of, fight flight, which is uh, the sympathetic nervous system. So this might be repetition, but our nervous system, we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest, relax, calm phase. That's where the digestion happens. Sleep happens. That's why I'm a big advocate for good sleep. Um, And the sympathetic nervous system is that fight flight um, reaction where we're getting all those stress hormones, the cortisol and, uh, an overexposure to cortisol and adrenaline can lead to things like anxiety, depression. That's why you mentioned that anxiety feeling is that it's that the cortisol that's surging through your body, uh, high blood pressure, sleep problems. There's a whole lack of long-term issues So that's why it's really important. I think there's so many coping strategies of bringing teachers back into their sympathetic nervous system. A lot of that breath work, the resting, the relaxing is really important.
0: Yeah. So what are some more coping strategies for teachers?
2: So I always refer to,
1: and I I bring it back to mental health because that's just the lens that I look through is legs of a table. And I say this to um, students all the time that I can't even begin to support them in their mental health until they have their sleep and their nutrition, physical activity, and social support. And I'm sure it's the, the same things that get repeated over and over again. But when I think of it as a table, I think, well, this table isn't even going to stand until I have those foundational things. And so I think personally, it's really important to the two pieces that I strongly believe in are boundaries and goals. And so not everyone's brain functions like mine, but I have a little agenda. It's a called a passion planner. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. I just love them so much. And it helps me set up. When do I want to do my mindfulness? When do I want to do my outdoor activities? Especially being a mom, I have to plan even more. And Having those firm boundaries saying like, no, I'm not gonna cook dinner tonight. This is my time to go to yoga, or setting a an alarm clock um, when you're at work saying, okay, four o'clock, I need to leave, whether I'm done marking the tests or I'm not.
0: That's great. And um, I guess it's hard maybe for a teacher to have a morning routine because the morning mornings are so early. So I guess it becomes just finding time in the day outside maybe of the morning especially if you've got kids.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, at Mount Sentinel, we're so lucky that we're right on the rail trail. We have really short lunch breaks, but I would even just go outside, eat my lunch by the gym and then just go for a 10 minute walk on the rail trail. And any time that you can squeeze it in, I think is so important.
0: Yeah. That's great advice. Um, And so are there some helpful resources out there for teachers or any exercises you could think of doing that might help teachers?
1: yeah so something i'd like to share is and i do this with students um quite often it's called mindfulness self-compassion so this was developed by dr kristen neff and she believes that there's a sense of interconnectedness that's central to self-compassion and that all humans fail we make mistakes we experience hardship um and it honors the fact that life involves suffering so I know sometimes people say, oh, it's first world problems, first world problems. And yes, that's true. But that still is a problem in your life and in your lens. Um, I mean, if you're complaining about the kombucha flavors at Safeway, then maybe not. But we all have to uh, recognize that we are we experience suffering as humans and that self-compassion is giving your own self I, I, I say it like it's a great big hug. It's giving yourself the same kindness and respect that you would treat a friend, especially teenagers. That's who I mostly work with. When they come in and they're beating themselves up or saying really cruel things about themselves, I ask them what they would say to a friend going through the same thing, and they treat their friends with so much more kindness than they would treat themselves. And so I'm a big advocate for mindfulness, self-compassion, because It's doing a mindfulness breath work through a self-compassion lens. And so instead of criticizing and judging ourselves, recognizing that we are not perfect. And so I would love for you to follow along and this will be about a four minute. I'll keep it super short, four minute, five minute exercise. And I would love our listeners to follow along. If you're driving, maybe not do the close your eyes part. Um, And uh, just so that you know what you're in for, so you can um, decide whether you want to participate or not, it's a three-step process. So the first step, you're actually going to bring up a little bit of suffering. So I want you to think of a problem in your life, not necessarily something huge, um, but something small that's maybe causing you a bit of pain. And then what we're going to do is we're going to recognize that suffering is a part of being human and that yes the flavor might be different than what people are experiencing elsewhere in the world but you are hurting and then the last step is giving yourself that self compassion giving yourself that empathy I would suggest um, teachers to not use this in the classroom this exercise is for you Um, it's transcribed from Kristen Neff's website which will be in the notes at the bottom of this podcast um, I think it's, uh, self, um, dash compassion.org. And she has a whole bunch of exercises and this one's called the self compassion
2: break.
0: Sounds great. Let's do it.
2: Great. Okay. So I just want you to ground yourself, close your eyes. And just start focusing on the breath and whatever thoughts are going through your mind about the day. Just breathe them out through your out breath and have a sense of heaviness in your body, grounding in your feet, on your seat. And so I'd
1: invite you to think about a situation in your life right now that's difficult for you. Maybe you're feeling stress or you're having a relationship problem or you're worried that something might
2: happen. And I invite you to think of something that is difficult but not overwhelmingly difficult. So finding a situation and getting in touch with it. What's going on? What happened? Or what might happen? Who said what? And really bring the situation to life in your mind's eye. And then I'm going to be saying a
1: series of three phrases that are designed to help us remember the three components of self-compassion.
2: So the first phrase is, this is a moment of suffering. We are bringing mindfulness awareness to the fact that suffering is present. And I'd invite you to find some language that speaks to you, something like, this is really hard right now, or I'm really struggling. We're actually turning toward our difficulty, acknowledging it, naming it. This is a moment of suffering. The second phrase is, suffering is a part of life. We are reminding ourselves of our common humanity and suffering is a part of life. And again, finding some language that speaks to you and maybe something like, it's normal to feel this way. Many people are going through similar situations. The degree of suffering may be different. The flavor of suffering may be different, but suffering is a part of life, a part of being human. And the third phrase is, may I be kind to myself in this moment. And to support bringing kindness to yourself, I'd invite you to perhaps put your hands over your heart or some other place in your body that feels soothing and comforting. Feeling the warmth of your hands, the gentle touch, and letting those feelings of care stream through your body. May I be kind to myself, and using any language that supports that sense of kindness. Perhaps language
1: you you would use with a good friend you cared about that was going through a very similar
2: situation. You know, it may be something like, I'm here for you, it's going to be okay. I care about you. You can say anything that feels natural to express your deep wish that you be well and happy and free from suffering. And then coming back to your breath, breathing out that suffering, breathing in fresh, cool air and letting go
1: of the practice and noticing how your body feels right now, allowing any sensations to be
2: just as they are, allowing yourself to be just as you are in this moment. And then slowly opening your eyes and becoming more aware of the room around you. How is that?
0: That was great, Claire. Thank you. You know, it's a good reminder how just breath, how important breath work is. Mm -hmm. And just sometimes just taking a a few quiet moments. And that wasn't very long Mm -hmm. to actually just be really present with yourself and what's going on, as opposed to running from it um, and trying to hide, which is often the way, right?
1: Yeah. I actually had this app on my phone for a while, not when I'm at work, but in the summers. Um, I think it was called the Zen app where a bell would ding and that's all it would. It was just a bell. I think I had it twice a day. There was one at 10 and in, in the morning and then one at four o'clock. And all it would remind me is to breathe in and breathe out just once. That's it. Just one pause. And it was, it was funny because I remember biking with friends and then ding, this bell would go and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, everyone Zen bell, everyone breathe. And it became this big joke, but that's really all you need is just to take that one breath to bring you back to that present moment.
0: That's fantastic. And actually in some situations, that could be a great thing for a class just to maybe have that moment, you know, in within the hour or whatever, just for everybody to take, you know, maybe three big deep breaths in and just have that stillness.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Kristen Neff, the Mindfulness Self-Compassion is a great resource for teachers for their own self-care. I'm a huge advocate of the Calm app, and I know there's so many apps out there. There's Headspace, there's all these mindfulness apps, but the Calm app is amazing. Um, It is a paid app, but as an educator or a student, you get it for free. Um, You simply just go to the website and contact them through your work email And there's some amazing resources for teachers. There's actually a self-care guide for teachers. There's another resource that is called 30 Days of Mindfulness in the Classroom. So if you're a new teacher and you're overwhelmed or you don't even know how to begin, it's a really good uh, starting guide for putting mindfulness in the classroom. And then an app or part of the app that I use in my personal life, it's called the Daily Calm. And it's a 10-minute... Mindfulness meditation and the theme changes every day. So it's not for me, I need to focus on something. I can't just say, okay, I'm going to breathe for 10 minutes. That doesn't work with my mind. And so some of the themes could be noticing or grounding or gratitude or forgiveness. And it brings in perspective what's going on in my life while I'm doing the breath work. And it's just an incredible app. And then the last piece, just because I know that it's a lot of teachers that are listening to this, is our EFAP services, So the emergency family assistant program. It actually changed, I believe, July 2021. So now we are with LifeWorks and they also have an app. They have a website. uh, There's resources for teachers. um, There's counseling support. So 24-7, there's someone that answers the phone. Um, You can do it through video, you can do it through phone, um, as well as you, you can get connected to a community counselor. So yeah, it's a pretty amazing resource.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing all of this great information today, Claire. But I know that there's many teachers will be able to take something from this.
1: Great. And thank you so much for having me on.
0: No, it's awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on The 21st Century Teacher, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Please do subscribe so you don't miss out on the next show. And also, don't forget to check out our fantastic online learning platform, which is liveit.earth. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.